Welcome to Leatherbread, the podcast for fantasy football. Now, introducing your host, Hunter Slapdog Amaruso and Matthew Scotty Hopemeyer. Yo, Brainiacs. That was my best slapdog impression. And as you can see, it is terrible. So I'm just going to be myself. And coincidentally, I am also by myself. Um, This is the second episode now where the Leather Brains team was out of town. We have, uh, you know, Slapdog and Yeti are both living it up in Vegas. Um, and I was unable to go to that event, but I was out of town myself, but I did make it back in time to record this episode for you. So unfortunately you are stuck with me. Now, as I mentioned last time I did an episode by myself, I uh, don't have the guys to bounce ideas off of. So as a result, the episode goes a little bit faster. I will do my best to give you as much information as I possibly can, but we'll get in and out of here pretty efficiently. So we're going to kick things off with the news. Uh, obviously, we're going to get into some uh, studs and duds for this upcoming week. We're going to uh, talk about some waiver ads that might be able to benefit you and help you win your league. And then we're going to answer some Brainiac questions. So a lot of injuries to talk about here. With that said, we are just going to go ahead and get down to business. Let's get down. Let's get down to business. All right. Like I said, lots of injuries here. So if you uh, have one of these players that had these issues over the weekend, then make sure you are paying attention. First one up is Chuba Hubbard. He is not expected to miss any time with this ankle injury that sidelined him early over the weekend. Um, But I just wanted to bring this up because I want to talk about the Hubbard and Foreman situation. We've got what seems to be, we've never actually discussed it, but based on, uh, you know, some of the tweets and things that I've seen Slapdog put out, we might have a bit of a disagreement here. Um, he advised a lot of our brainiacs to go grab these guys off the waiver in light of the Christian McCaffrey trade, which is not a bad move. That's uh, you know definitely not bad advice, but I think he might be a little bit more optimistic about their output than I am. And with that said, both of these guys were usable this week. You know, they both actually got the job done on the ground. But the fact of the matter is, is that you have two guys who were not good enough running backs to be a starter uh, as the one-two punch for a bottom 10 offense that doesn't score very much. So I think realistically what we're talking about with these two gentlemen, Hubbard and Foreman, is that uh, we're talking about two running back fours in reality. So I will say, like you know, like I said, they, they were both usable this weekend. I don't hate picking them up. I think if they're available, it's a, it's a worthy add, especially if we're going to have injury concerns there. If one of these guys gets injured, that changes the chemistry quite a bit. But I'm not... Super excited about them. I'm not going and spending a bunch of fab to get them, but if they're available, they might be worth a pickup at this point in time. Now, a guy that is worth a lot of fab if he was sitting on your waivers, but I'm sure he's not, is Mr. David Njoku. Unfortunately, he suffered an ankle sprain over the weekend, but word has it that it's not significant. It won't keep him out for a significant amount of time. Uh, something to keep an eye on, though, for sure, because there's a good chance he ends up missing this week anyway, but uh, definitely just something to watch. Uh, It looks like this offense is kind of running through David and Joku right now. And when Deshaun Watson returns, I don't think that's going to change. I think they're, I think that David and Joku is going to be a very usable fantasy tight end going forward. I've been harping on this for many, many years now. It's good to see him finally get the usage that he deserves. So I am all excited about David and Joku. 
Just keep in mind that currently he's dealing with that ankle sprain. Next up here, we have Keenan Allen. Now, people were excited about him making his return to the field, but he only played a half of football. He was sidelined for the second half. Uh, reports seem to indicate that it's not because he re-aggravated anything or took a step back. It's just that they didn't want to, they didn't want him to get hurt. They have a bye week coming up. They want him to be able to rest. And that's particularly, excuse me, particularly important right now because Mike Williams suffered a high ankle sprain. He is expected to miss time. So they want Keenan Allen to come back from this bye week and be 100% healthy because he's going to have to shoulder this load for the wide receiver room. So if you have Mike Williams, keep an eye on that. He's not going to be playable for a little bit. But if you have Keenan Allen and you've stuck through this injury that has pretty much sidelined him since week one, um, I think he is going to come back and get a lot of usage. So we'll have to see. If you have Mike Williams, bench him. If you got Keenan Allen, start him. Now, this is another one we have to be waiting. We're waiting for more information on, but it looks like Mike Boone was spotted in a walking boot after the game over the weekend. So note that preliminary x-rays came back negative, which is good news, but I think there's a very good chance Mike Boone misses some time. So if you are an owner of Melvin Gordon, you have to be feeling pretty good about that, even though we don't root for injuries. Don't root for injuries. Now, the sun god, Amon Ra himself, suffered a concussion, which is, I've heard, a typical injury for a deity. But there's a good chance he will be back for week eight. There's also a good chance that he won't be. The concussion protocol is really weird in the NFL right now, so we don't exactly know what's going to happen there, so definitely something to keep an eye on. The good news here is that he's been dealing with this nagging ankle injury, and of course, this injury has nothing to do with that. So we expect him, when he comes back, to be 100% good to go. DK Metcalf also makes the list. He's going to undergo further testing on his knee. Preliminary reports came back negative, which is good news. But again, expect him to miss a little bit of time. And finally, the worst of all the injury news, the one that we've all heard about, it is suspected that Brees Hall tore his ACL. Now, I have not seen anything confirming that. I've heard a lot of speculation about this, uh, but they ruled him out almost immediately when he came out of the game which is never a good sign. He wasn't able to uh, to get onto the medical cart uh, with his own power. So not looking good for Brees Hall, which is really upsetting because he was really making a case for himself to be a top five pick in next year's draft for fantasy managers. He he was proving that he was the man. And I think this ACL is, uh, is going to cause him some problems on that front, obviously, and might sideline him for the season. So keep a lookout for updated reports on that front. But if you are an owner of Brees Hall, as I am, uh, terrible, terrible news. And I am sincerely sorry. Now, before we move on to our studs and duds, I just wanted to note the Kansas City Chiefs and the uh, Chargers are both on by here. So if you have Mahomes, if you have Juju, MVS, Hardman, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Kelsey, or if you have Herbert, Allen, Williams, Joshua Palmer, Gerald Everett, Austin Eckler, all of these people are on by in week eight. So just keep that in mind. Make sure you have a suitable replacement ready to go. Oh, and one last thing before the studs and duds. I have to tell you, I have to tell you about one of my favorite podcasts. Now, if you're a fan of the NBA, you know that the league is full of fast-paced gameplay and thrilling stories. And if you want to keep up with the NBA season's latest updates, you need to tune in to a fun-filled podcast called Another Turnover, hosted by Chris A. Aaron Murphy. 
Unlike the typical basketball analyst that most people are familiar with, this show is told completely from a basketball fan's perspective. And Chris, he always jokingly says that he's a basketball fan with zero basketball credibility. But uh, you listen to one episode and you know he's just being modest. He knows everything there is to know about basketball and he wants to fill you in. And he does so in a way that's entertaining. It'll make you laugh. So check out new episodes on your favorite podcast app or on YouTube and be sure to follow the show on all social media platforms at another turnover. Do not miss it. Now, let's get into our studs and our duds. I am the cream. Yeah, let me say it here. Let me say it out loud. The cream of the, the cream of the crop. As always, we are starting with our studs, the cream of the crop, and topping the list, the name that everyone should have expected is Josh Jacobs. This guy is an absolute unit. And if you follow us on Twitter, uh, I was talking to you about Josh Jacobs. I told you he was going to be a top five running back this week. It turns out I undersold him. Josh Jacobs went uh, for 20 attempts, 143 yards, and three touchdowns. He is the bell cow of all bell cows. Despite all the preseason negativity, he came out and has proven what he is able to do. Um, I'm interested to see how this pans out for Josh Jacobs after this year, because this is a contract year. And, you know, as we've mentioned before in the preseason, we discussed the possibility that Josh Jacobs was either going to be sort of phased out of this offense as they look toward the future, or they were going to say, well, this is our last year with him. So we are going to run him into the ground. And he is being run into the ground, and it is awesome for fantasy managers. And by the way, it's awesome for Josh Jacobs, because if he does end up finding a new home, he is making a case for himself to get paid a lot of money. He's showing what he can do. So as far as fantasy is concerned, Josh Jacobs is a must start. He's a top five running back for the rest of the season. Make sure if you have him in your lineup that you are relying on him because he will not disappoint you. You also won't be disappointed by this next guy on our studs list, and that is Mr. Joey B. This is another one that you were expecting. If you listen to our podcast, we talk about how friendly this Atlanta defense is to opposing wide receivers. And it was very obvious. It showed Joey B returned to form 34 attempts, 42 completions, 481 yards, three touchdowns. This is a guy that could, could have put you up 50 points in your fantasy league. And if you stack him like I do with Mr. Jamar Chase, then wow, you are extremely happy and you won this week. So congratulations. And speaking of Jamar Chase, he also made the studs list here. Finished eight for 11 with 130 yards and two touchdowns. Jamar is back. We now have two straight seasons of Chase having a few games where people are wondering, okay, is this guy the real deal? What's going on here? He's not really doing a lot. But then he comes back with a fury. He reminds us why he's one of the best in the business. He'll look to keep the streak alive next week against the Browns, and he should expect Jamar Chase to be very, very usable, possibly a league winner going forward. And our final stud here is also a guy who is potentially a league winner. He just hasn't really shown it yet, but we were glad to see it finally come together for him. That's Aaron Jones. He rushed eight times for 23 yards, but the biggest thing that he did this week is catch the ball. He went nine for 10 and receiving for 53 yards and two touchdowns. And one of those catches was a beautiful catch where he had to extend in the quarter of the end zone to make it happen to get that final touchdown. It was beautiful. And we're finally getting the usage from Aaron Jones that we expected without Devontae Adams there. This is what we wanted to see. Hopefully, the Packers realize this makes their offense look so much more explosive when they're using Aaron Jones in this way. Granted, they lost this game. Obviously not great. 
but expect Aaron Jones to be utilized more in the backfield. And part of the reason why is just because he's burying A.J. Dillon. We're going to talk about this in a second, but he outtouched A.J. Dillon 18-4. to So he is, if this game is any indication, he is taking over this backfield more than we've seen in recent years. So that's awesome. If you invested in Aaron Jones, you are throwing yourself a party this week, and we hope it continues. So now we are going to move on to our duds. Repeat after me. I have no talent. I have no talent. Yeah, we're going to start things off with A.J. Dillon. He went four rushing attempts for 15 yards. This is the flip side of the coin from Mr. Aaron Jones. A.J. Dillon is actually making a case to be dropped right now because he appears to be nothing more than a handcuff. When he's getting four touches to Aaron Jones's 18, that's a real problem, ladies and gentlemen. That's a real issue. And if he is taking up space on your bench right now and you could pick up one of these guys that we're going to discuss in the waiver, it may not be a bad option if that's what you're looking at doing. And it's sad because in many of my leagues, I drafted A.J. Dillon. I was hoping he was going to have every week flex appeal. But unfortunately, it looks like that is now a laughable prediction A.J. Dillon, he's in a tough spot. He has not been performing up until this week. Aaron Jones also was disappointing, but of course, he's the one you want to own in that offense. And if Aaron Jones is going to be utilized in the passing game, if he's going to lead this team in targets, and he's going to stay on the field for the vast majority of the game, that really limits A.J. Dillon's potential. So just keep that in mind. Maybe something worth considering if you're a struggling team, you're trying to pick somebody up that can help you right now. A.J. Dillon might be taking up space on your bench where he should not be. Next up here is Cortland Sutton. Now, if you follow us on Twitter, you may have heard me, Scotty, talking to you about Cortland Sutton. And and what I'm basically trying to do is, is put out the fire a little bit. People are panicking on Cortland Sutton because they look at this Broncos offense and they say, wow, this is a dumpster fire. And you're right. The Broncos offense is indeed a dumpster fire. But Cortland Sutton is the one usable part of that offense right now. He is someone that hasn't been a league winner, but he's been relatively consistent. And he's very obviously Wilson's favorite target down the field. And we forget because Russ has been playing really bad this year, but we forget how talented of a deep ball passer he is. If they can put this together, Cortland Sutton will be dangerous. And we'll see here. Obviously, Russ was out this game. He only, Cortland Sutton only got three receptions for 23 yards. You look at that and you say, wow, he's still sucking. But he got nine targets. That's usable. You can you can deal with your receiver getting nine targets just under double digit. And the biggest thing here is that he almost had a touchdown in the end zone. The only reason he did not is because Saucy or Mr. Sauce or whatever you want to call him decided to uh, to grab the back of his collar and pull him to the ground before the ball got there, which for whatever reason was not called for pass interference. But if he did not cheat, you'd have Cortland Sutton in the end zone. You'd have him with four receptions for, uh, I don't know, that was probably a 30-yard place. So you're talking about four receptions, 50 yards, and a touchdown, and that is a bounce-back game from what we've seen from Cortland Sutton and what we've seen from this offense. So you're one or two plays away from having the script completely flipped on Cortland Sutton. I say hold on to him. They've got good matchups coming up. Cortland Sutton is the one usable part of this offense. Russell Wilson's going to be coming back, and I know that kind of makes you want to gag, but that is a good thing. I think Cortland Sutton is going to be usable for the rest of season. I am not looking to get rid of him right now, especially when his value is so low. What are you going to get for him anyway? So just hold on to him. Keep him on your bench if you have to. But I think Cortland Sutton is going to be usable going forward. Next up on the duds list, this one also pains me. It's Mr. Jamal 
Williams. Jamal Williams went 15 for 56, and that's it. Now, this was supposed to be his big week with Swift out. Everyone expected him to step up. He's looked good, but he literally fumbled this opportunity away. So granted, he was dealing with a negative game script for most of the game, but his 15 carries, which is good usage, should have left him with at least a usable fantasy week, but he fumbled the ball twice. One of those fumbles took place on the goal line. It should have been a touchdown, and that locked him in as a bust. If Swift makes a healthy return, Williams is absolutely nothing more than a handcuff, which is very sad. This was the week for him to do it for you, and he did not. Believe me, I know. I'm in the boat. I picked up Williams the first time Swift got hurt. I was happy to have him. I thought I'm safe, but I was not safe. And he cost me a lot of games this weekend, unfortunately. All right, second to last one we have on the duds list is Rondell Moore. This is another one. I'm going to harp on it again. If you follow us on Twitter, you were involved in this conversation. But in this case, hopefully you didn't see it because I was wrong. I told our Brainiacs, and follow us at Leatherbrains on Twitter, by the way. I told our Brainiacs that Rondell Moore was going to have nine plus targets this week that he was going to get a red zone target and basically that he was at least going to be usable if not have a really good game. But here's the thing. Slapdog's not here, so I can say it without feeling guilty. The Cardinals are dumb and I hate them. Rondale Moore had every reason to be wonderful in this game and he even started out great in the first quarter. He went, you know, he caught, he caught a ball and went long for 31 yards. And at that point I thought, yes, This is exactly how they need to use him. But after that, he only got one target for the rest of the game. All they wanted to do was force feed DeAndre Hopkins. Hopkins tallied tallied 14 targets, which is double his average from last season. So if you're going to roll the dice with more, make sure you do it before Hollywood's return. But this wide receiver room, if you're not DeAndre Hopkins, is looking pretty gross at this point in time from a fantasy perspective. I need a larger sample size before I say that definitively. But right now, if I've got Rondale, he's going to be sitting on my bench because I do not trust that Kyler's going to even try to get him the ball, which is unfortunate. And as sad as that is, our last dud is even sadder. And that's the entire Falcons offense. I I don't even know what to say about this anymore. I really don't. We've been talking about this for weeks now. I've been optimistic for weeks. This was a good matchup for Mr. Kyle Pitts. I expected something, something. The game script was amazing for Kyle Pitts and Drake London. They were down early. They were down the entire game. And guess what? Marcus Mariota only threw the ball 13 times. They were getting blown out the entire game. He only threw the ball 13 times. Times. I can't even comprehend why that would be the case. If you don't trust your starting quarterback to throw the damn ball, get a new quarterback because you're not going to win games getting blown out and only handing the ball off to Algier. You're not going to win games that way. It's just a fact. So if you are a Pitts owner, if you're a London owner like me, at this point, you got to be looking at other options. We, we, have, we have given a lot of leeway here. A lot of leeway for them to do literally anything with the football through the air, and they refuse to do it. Now, I'm not dropping Kyle Pitts. I'm not dropping Drake London. And the reason being, I bet on talent, and both of those guys are talented. If you get a Desmond Ritter in there taking snaps, this might be an entirely different situation. So I am not dropping them, but at this point in time, I am replacing them in the starting lineup. If you're me, and I am me, so I know for sure, 
I did not take Pitts out of my starting lineup. I drafted him in the third round. God damn it, I'm going to play him. But I, at this point in time, have no choice. I've got to I've got to play the tight end roulette game with one of the best tight ends in the league sitting on my bench because this offense is inept. It is incapable of doing anything positive through the air. And I've just got to I've got to ride it out until something changes. And a lot of people are in that boat. So that's what I suggest. Put them on your bench. Find somebody else who can actually get you targets for the week and ride it out until we get a big change in this offense. They don't trust Mariota. I think it's only a matter of time before they take him out because they're not going to keep winning or they're not going to win doing this. Um, it just sucks for all of us who decided to uh, to bet on Pitts or bet on London. Uh, it is failing miserably for us. But that's enough of the sad talk. We're going to talk about some waiver wire ads for this week. All right, first waiver wire ad that you need to pay attention to is someone we've already discussed. We talked about it on Twitter. Follow us at Leatherbrains. It's Mr. Deonta Foreman. He's only 42% rostered at this point in time, which is very surprising given how high everyone was on him after the McCaffrey trade, but only 42% rostered. So there's almost a 60% chance he is sitting on uh, on your waiver wire. So the thing about Mr. Foreman, I've already stated it. I've mentioned it at the beginning of the episode. I am not a fan of this committee. If I'm picking up Foreman, I am playing him as a low-end flex option because I don't. I, the usage that we saw this weekend is an anomaly as far as I'm concerned. Uh, maybe Mr. Foreman will come out and prove me wrong, and that'd be great. I hope he does well. Uh, but I just don't see him getting this kind of or seeing this kind of success going forward. It's a bad team. It's a straight committee. He's going to average 9 to 11 touches a game. He's going to be a new Clyde Edwards-Hilaire without the touchdown upside. Uh, and I think this is going to be the case for him and Hubbard. And that's what we're going to see rest of season. So I'm not overly excited about it. But the fact of the matter is he does seem to be the RB1 in this offense. And that provides him value, especially at a time when the league is so uh, is so weak at that position. So I, uh, I definitely recommend picking up Foreman, but temper your expectations. Put him in as your flex option when you need a play and hope that he pulls it out for you. Next up here is Gus Edwards. He is 28% rostered, which is stupid. And I understand we didn't know how Gus Edwards was going to be utilized uh, because this is a backfield that is, you know, at this point, it's it's mostly well known or most well known for its injuries and inconsistency. But Gus with a, was a breath of fresh air in week seven. He went 16 for 66 and two touchdowns. So now the question is just, is this usage going to continue? You know, I was lucky enough to pick up Gus Edwards. He was sitting on my bench for this great game. But at this point in time, I am looking very closely at him because if he's going to get 15, 17 touches every single game in an offense like this, uh, yeah, I'm all on board with that. And we saw what he is able to do. So Gus Edwards, if he's sitting on your waiver right now, don't be stupid. Go pick him up. He's probably my waiver wire ad of the week at this point in time. Now, another stupid one that I cannot, I can't believe that this is true. Based on what I read today, Tyler Algier is still only 35% rostered. This is an RB1 in an offense, like we said, that refuses to pass the ball. (laughs) They refuse to pass the ball. So if they're not going to give the ball to their best players, meaning Kyle Pitts or Drake London, Tyler Algier is going to benefit from that. So you have to pick him up. He totaled 16 touches and 50 yards plus a touchdown this last week, and he's averaging a 67.3% route run rate. So even when they do pass the ball, 
Tyler Algier is also involved. So he is a playable RB3 going forward, and he possibly has RB2 upside. Let's talk a little bit about receivers here. We have Paris Campbell. He's only 3% rostered. There are a lot of people who threw up in their mouths when they hear when they heard me say that name. But Paris Campbell, he's never healthy. He hasn't been healthy in like years. But now he is. And we saw that when he's healthy, he's actually a pretty damn good athlete. And he is capable of getting open. He had a 20% target share, 11 targets, 7 catches for 57 yards and a touchdown. Not a league winner. You don't expect this type of production from him every single week. But if he's going to start seeing 5, 6, 7, 11 targets each game, okay, that's a usable fantasy option for you. And he is on the waiver in 97% of leagues. So worth a speculative add if you have the bench depth for him. Go Go pick up Paris Campbell. And we also have Mr. Wandale Robinson, who is just 21% rostered. Wandale holds a special place in my heart because for three years he played for the University of Nebraska, which is uh, which is my team. Uh, then he left us to go play on a different team, so I don't know, Kentucky or something stupid. Uh, but either way, it's working out well for him. He made it to the NFL. He's been injured, hasn't been seen on the field a lot. In this particular game over the weekend, he only played 22.6% of the snaps, but he capitalized on his opportunities. He got four targets, 37 yards, and a touchdown. Now, as someone who watched Robinson since college, he's a playmaker. He's absolutely a playmaker, and he's going to find a way to make his opportunities count. Expect him to be utilized more going forward. Again, not a league winner, but he's someone that could potentially have some value to you, especially if you're weak at wide receiver or you're dealing with these uh, these stressful bye weeks. Get Robinson on your roster and let him do what he does, which is carve out a role for himself and get you points. Now, last but not least, we got to talk about the tight end position, and that is Irv Smith. He is the runner-up for the waiver wire ad of the week. And the reason is he's 37% rostered, so in over 60% of leagues, he's sitting on the waiver, and you need to pick him up and play him for no other reason than his matchup. He is facing off against the Cardinals, and the Cardinals rank number two in points allowed to tight ends. So this guy's available, and this guy is going to get targeted this upcoming week. So if you're playing that tight end roulette game, if you uh, own Kyle Pitts and you're trying not to pull your own hair out, go pick up Irv Smith, let him ride you for this week while you figure out a more permanent solution. We love Irv Smith this week. Make sure you go get him. Now, before we move on to the Brainiac questions, I want to touch on this Cam Akers jersey giveaway we've been doing on Twitter. Again, follow us at Leatherbrains. If you uh, have no idea what I'm talking about, you missed out on an opportunity to get a signed Cam Akers jersey. And I know, I know, there are all these rumors that he's going to get traded. Yes, the jersey is a Los Angeles Rams jersey, but we didn't know that that was going to happen when we bought the jersey. So it's still a cool signed jersey by an NFL running back. I wanted to announce the winner here. Um, but I reached out to the person who won the drawing and I have not heard back yet. We need to make sure they live in the United States. We need to make sure they're a real person and not a bot. I haven't heard back from them yet. So we will announce the winner on Twitter and we will also announce if that winner does not pass one of those qualifiers and we end up having to give it to someone else. So we'll keep you guys in the loop on Twitter. Go follow us at Leatherbrains, and uh, we will let you know right away if that person responds and hopefully when they get the jersey, they post a picture of it. That'd be awesome. Just saying. Here's the mail. It never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. Mail! 
right. First question comes from getting it done. They ask, who should I pick up off of waivers? Michael Carter or Gus Edwards? Um, I am going to go with Michael Carter on this one because I think it's going to be less of a committee. Now, Gus Edwards showed that he appears to be the guy. He appears to be the man to take the rock. Uh, and I hope that that continues. But I think there's a little bit more uncertainty on this side. Whereas without Brees Hall in the mix, I think Michael Carter is going to be the guy. I think he's going to benefit significantly from that. And we've seen what Michael Carter can do. You know, he's not a league winner necessarily, but you're going to get an RB1 and someone that doesn't have as much, you know, competition as Gus Edwards does. So I think I'm going to take Michael Carter on that one. Next question comes from Boja or Boha33. Should I trade? Juju and Najee for Derrick Henry? The answer is yes. Yes, a thousand times. Yes, get Derrick Henry on your roster. That man had 33 touches over the weekend. That is absurd. He is the bell cow of bell cows, and he is a beast. You want him on your team. He's averaging over 100 yards per game this season. He's a league winner. Najee's been a disappointment, and Juju's up in the air, depending on the week. I think Juju's sort of coming into his own, But still, I would not hesitate to trade that away for Derrick Henry. He is the one that you want for sure. Next question comes from Doi Foo Fi. Doi Foo Fi. I don't know. You're banned from the show, but I'll answer your question this one time. They're in a redraft league. Who wins in this trade? Brandon Ayuk or David Montgomery? Now, Slapdog put in a note here as far as what he thinks. He says Montgomery could be a potential trade target with the trade line coming up, but he's not sold on it. It is worth considering. That doesn't give me any information, so I have no idea who he's going with. Um, Brandon Ayuk looks pretty damn good. For me, this is just going to depend on your team. Are you hurting at running back? Are you hurting at wide receiver? Both of these guys have potential to be valuable. And Slapdog's right. David Montgomery is in the discussion for a possible trade here, in which case his situation will be completely different, whether it's for the better or worse. So it all depends on who you have on your roster. I'd be decently happy with either of them, depending on who is starting and sitting on your team. Next question comes from Spliverpool 15. That's gross sounding. They are in a full PPR league. Who wins this trade? CMC and Higgins or Josh Jacobs and D-Hop? Now Hunter says, give me Jacobs and D-Hop. He says, I think this trade is pretty fair, but I like D-Hop over Higgins. I don't know where I fall on this one. I think at this point in time, given the trade, we don't know exactly what CMC's role is going to be. We don't know if he's going to benefit from this trade from a fantasy perspective or not. Now, he's still going to be great. He's still going to be a must start. The question is, you know, he's certainly going to get less volume, but is the quality of the touches that he is able to get able to overcome what he loses in volume? And I think there's a good chance it does. So I'd be perfectly, obviously ecstatic with Josh Jacobs or CMC and Higgins and D-Hop. I just don't know. It all depends on, you know, D-Hop's usage last year. We saw him getting six, seven targets a game. It wasn't anything exciting. He's a great receiver, obviously, but he's not what he used to be. And in this last week, we saw him get targeted 12 times. He, you know, the offense wanted to force feed him the ball. So we'll have to see where that goes. So it all depends on where you want to put your money. CMC and Higgins is the safer bet, I think, because Higgins, he's got up weeks, he's got down weeks, but he's reliable in terms of he gets targeted, he gets the ball for sure. And D-Hop could be a guy that's getting 14 targets a game, or he could be a guy that's getting five to seven targets a game. 
We'll just have to wait and see. So where do you want to put your money? I think I'm going to go with the safe option. I would be happy with Higgins. I'd be ecstatic with CMC, but I would not blame you at all. And if I if I went the other side, it would be just for Josh Jacobs because this guy is proving to be the best of the best. And you got to do what you can, got to do what you can do to get Josh Jacobs. So I'd say the CMC and Higgins side is the safer side. Josh Jacobs and D Hop side is the upside side. So make your pick from there. Last but not least. This question comes from Fup Cup, one of the best names of uh, of all the Brainiacs. We appreciate hearing from you, Fup Cup. He is in a Dynasty Superflex League. Which side are you taking? A 2024 late first or Travis Kelsey? Now, Slapdog marks down, are you in a win-now mode? Because Kelsey's going to help you win a championship, but he's getting up there in age. I think that's stupid. Travis Kelsey does not look like he's slowing down at all. He looks as good as he's ever looked in his career right now. He's the primary target on this offense. That could change next year. That could change later this year. But right now, Travis Kelsey is the primary target. He is the one getting the points for this offense. And I don't see that changing in the next at least couple years, probably few years. And Travis Kelsey is someone that can help you win your league. And a 2024 late first? Are you kidding me? That's not even close to fair value for Travis Kelsey right now. I am taking Travis Kelsey all day long in that trade. And that's it. That rounds us off. If you were able to sit through my awkwardness as I record this podcast in my basement by myself, congratulations. You are officially a brainiac. As always, please follow us on all our social media platforms. Reach out to us with any questions that you have regarding fantasy football or just to tell us how awesome we are. We always like that as well. And with that said, we, or rather, I am out. Thank you for listening to this episode of Leather Brains. If you enjoyed the show, please consider subscribing and leaving a five-star rating on your favorite podcast app and YouTube as well as following us at LeatherBrains on Twitter and Instagram. If you're looking for specific fantasy advice, including draft advice, trade insight, starts and sits, or even if you want our thoughts on your sports bets, please feel free to send us a DM on Twitter for an answer and a chance to have your question featured on a future episode. Again, thank you for tuning in, and we'll be back before you know it.